And remember, a dentist invented the electric chair. I grew up on the internet, and while I found and studied art and literature from many sources, it's still fair to say my tastes run extremely online. I'm a writer, a mom of internet kids, an English teacher, and a novice internet spelunker. Together with my wife, a novelist, digital and analog game designer, theoretically a physicist, and Twitter provocateur, we are going to read, analyze, and bring to you our favorite internet folklore. We're focusing right now on the SCP Foundation collection of tales and visual art, best, and only truly viewed on the internet. You can find out more at scp-wiki.net. So I'm Mina, I'm a writer, an internet spelunker, all that junk, and this is my wife Liv. Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm a writer and a whole bunch of other things. I have a background in the sciences. I was I was a mad scientist for a number of years. Professionally. Professionally. And um, also I have done customer service for a credit card company. Have you worked at a candy shop? Yeah. Okay. All right. We got it covered. Everything is covered. Here's the deal. I read live stories from the SCP Foundation, and she and I talk about them as writers. You have two choices. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So first is 3850, I Can't Drown My Demons. Okay. And 426, I Am a Toaster. Okay, well, let's go for that one because a toaster is just a death ray with a smaller power supply. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot like that, actually. So this is from the first series, which I promised I wasn't going to delve into too much, but this one is just so good Mm. that it's hard to resist. SCP-426, Object Class Euclid, which, if you'll remember, means this organization of super scientists who were collecting all of the terrible, scary things in the universe. They Euclid means they have trouble containing it, it's costly to contain it, but it's possible to contain it. Okay. Special Containment Procedures. I am to be sealed in a chamber with no windows through which I can be viewed. The door to my chamber must have been labeled completely unrelated to my designation or identity in order to prevent unintended spread of my primary effect. Only level three and above personnel are to know of my presence and the particularities of my properties. Assigned personnel are to be rotated out on a monthly basis to prevent contamination of my secondary effect. Psychiatric evaluation is mandatory at the end of the month. If personnel are deemed unaffected, they may be reassigned to me no less than four months after their last rotation with me. Any affected personnel are to be given a Class C amnestic and transferred to a different site. Okay, so that's the containment procedure. Okay, that's interesting. (laughs) They, you know, let the thing write in the first person. Hmm. Okay, all right, so so far so good. This This is highly rated on the site, by the way. Okay. Description. Hello, I am SCP-426. I must be introduced this way in order to prevent ambiguity. I am an ordinary toaster, able to toast bread when supplied with electricity. However, whenever any human being mentions me, they inadvertently refer to me in the first person. Despite all attempts, there is yet to be a way to speak or write about me in the third person. Mm. When in my continuous presence for over two months, individuals begin to identify themselves as a toaster. 
Unless forcibly restrained, these people will ultimately harm themselves in their attempt to emulate my standard functions. Mm. I was discovered in the home of the blank family after the gruesome deaths of three of its members. I had been given to younger Mr. and Mrs. Blank as a wedding gift. No card or any other identifying mark has been found on my box. Approximately two months after the family received me, fire crews were dispatched to the home due to an electric fire. The younger Mrs. Blank died from the electric discharge that she had caused when attempting to devour an electric socket. The other two victims had died shortly before the fire occurred. The elder Mrs. Blank had gorged herself with nearly 10 kilograms of blood, uh, bread before her stomach burst and she died of internal bleeding. The younger Mr. Blank died of severe blood loss after attempting to redact with me. The sole survivor was the elder Mr. Blank who was suffering from severe malnutrition. He stated that he had inserted some bread a week prior and was still waiting for the toast to pop out. I am confiscated by the foundation after police noted my unusual properties. A class C amnestic was administered to the affected officers. Amnesiac. Uh, amnesiac. So I told you about this one of the earlier weeks. It's a drug that they have in universe that they can give to somebody and it will remove their memories for a day, a week, a longer period of time. Oh, okay. And it's one of the ways they hand wave. Why doesn't everybody know about these things? That's a weird choice, a word. I, you know, I don't know where it came from, but it's an old, old part of the game, of the story. Yeah, it's just that you would think that that would be something that would be used in the reports enough in its original form. What do you mean? Amnesiac. Literally someone who's suffering from amnesia. Right, but this is an amnestic. That is, it's it's no, not... it's an amnesiac. Right. Okay. Sorry, this is an older story, uh-huh. so they hadn't fixed the st- or standardized the spelling yet. So there was a lot of debate about that, oh. and it's preserved that way for the sake of, you know, it was sure. just originally written that way. So, but they will call it amnestics later on in the series. Okay. Um. Why are, why does someone who is emulating a toaster try to eat a um, power a uh, power socket? I think she was trying to plug herself in, and she was a, you know, if you think about the old-fashioned toasters, they would pull the, the, the wire would be unpluggable, right? Out of the back? Um, sure. Like our, our water heater? Yeah. You can unplug that part, and if it's a female <laughs> input, then you'd stick that into the machine, and I guess because it's a woman, she assumed she was a female input. and I guess... Yeah. But, but yeah, it just seems weird that she the socket she would eat the socket. <laughs> I think that that's the part you're worried about. <laughs> no, uh, no, I get it, I get it. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I was picturing she like unplugged the back of a coffee maker or something like that and tried to like swallow it to, you know. And what severe blood loss after attempting redacted with me? I think that's being cheeky. Yeah, sure, but what I I'm a little confused. Okay. That might actually get explained a little bit later with some of the tests of the secondary okay, ability. Okay, sure. Okay. Okay, so experiment log 426-1, date redacted, subject D-class personnel. D was asked to describe what he believed was contained in my chamber. He was not informed about my identity or properties. Details. D stated, I'm probably some huge monster hold up there. That's what you guys have all over this place, right? D remained oblivious to his use of the first-person pronoun. I like that one. 
Experiment log 426-2, date redacted, different D-class personnel. D was placed in my chamber and given regular meals through a dispenser. No communication with D was permitted. Multiple cameras were situated in the chamber, positioning so that I was outside of their field of view, but allowed constant observation of D. We remained sealed until my secondary effects manifested in the subject. I was bolted to the floor so that I could not be moved into camera view. Details. After 45 days of isolation, D wrapped his arms around me and began conversing with me, stating that we were brothers. Dean never deviated from using the first person plural when speaking with me. Subject was terminated one hour after this event. It is theorized that the isolation accelerated the progression of my secondary effects. Okay. So that might suggest why the gentleman earlier on tried to... <laughs> yeah. Was the one claptrap? The claptrap joke? Interface. Yeah, tried to interface with a toaster. Yeah. Okay. All right. So experiment log uh, 4263, date, ex date expunged, D-class personnel, whatever. Procedure. A screw was removed from me and shown to D numbers, who was asked to describe it. D was not informed about my identity or properties. Details. D referred to it as my screw. Consistent with experiment 426-1, the subject was oblivious to his use of the first person in his description. That suggests that, even if I were destroyed, my effects would still be inherent in my remains. Okay. Experiment log 426-4, date expunged, personnel, class D, number. Procedure, D was placed in an isolated cell adjacent to my chamber to be absorbed until secondary effects manifested. Details, no effects appeared. D was terminated 90 days after the start of the experiment. Thank God there are some limits to my effects. A lot of us were really starting to get worried about me. Doctor, redacted. Mm. Okay. Okay. So what do you think? Um, I think it's a I think it's a cute idea. It seems interesting. Mm. Like it is it is it's a good jumping off point, I guess. Like I'm a little curious about some like I, I don't know of any languages off the top of my head, but I'm fairly certain there are languages that don't have first per person references. Oh my god. Yeah, and I wonder how that would work play out in those situations cuz like I've I I want to say I've heard about, like, African tribal languages that don't have references to the self. Well, we do have the one guy who referred to them as brothers and spoke in the second and the first person plural. Yeah. So he referred to everything as we. So I guess if the language had at least that, yeah, maybe we would speak about you as a part of the toaster community. Yeah. So I'm trying to think, this was written in yeah. quite a long time ago. Like, this site is 10 years old. Maybe 2010? Sure. So that's well before Fallout New Vegas. Yeah, yeah. a little bit before, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because a lot of these are, you know, they're so quickly written and they're so internet-based that a lot of them are, I don't want to say derivative, but derivative of oh, other yeah. things of uh, popular media. But I don't feel like this pulls from the toaster in oh, no. New Vegas no, at all. No, no. <laughs> no and the, the toaster in New Vegas is... Um is very like his conflict is very unique <laughs> i mean this is unique as well but right 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 the, the toaster in new vegas is a completely different animal this is like only nominally about a toaster this is the interesting part of this is it has nothing to do with that yeah it tells you that the toaster is totally normal except for its weird effects yeah yeah so it's tangential to it the toaster in new vegas is very much 
his conflict is that he's a toaster. Right. Uh, he he wants to be a death ray, <laughs> um, but he's actually a toaster. So yeah, no, I think I think it's it's interesting. Like again, it's it seems like a good jumping off point. I don't know that it goes enough places. Hmm. Um, it's it's fun. It's a cool idea. It makes me think. Mm. What places would you go with this? First off, I really want to understand a little bit more about like the danger of it because it it seems like sort of the danger seems almost like sort of slapped on. Mm. The, the secondary effect. Yeah, the secondary. Yeah, I guess the secondary effect. It seems kind of slapped on in order to make it like creepy or <laughs> to make the site accept it. You mean? <laughs> yeah, like it has to be dangerous. Uh, but like I, I don't think that that's very interesting. Mm. Um, I think that the interesting part is the sort of mental effect that's going on there, mm. and I that that sort of thing, like forced language, is um, is a very fascinating idea. It's a really cool mem that's sort of gone through the era. I was in a I was in a play once. Thanks awfully, and my character in the play was only uh, made a bet with a friend that the character could only say thanks awfully through the entire show mm. um, through. And it was basically like a dinner party type thing. Sounds very British. Yeah. Well, the character could only say that. And it was a big deal. Like it was one of those things where like a whole bunch of people were like relying on them and stuff like that. And they had abandoned like trust of a whole bunch of people so this is a way to sort of earn back trust of all of the people in their community okay then all of a sudden basically the sort of the girl who got away came back into their life at this dinner party and she wanted to talk to them and like sort of make amends and try to figure things out and see where that goes and they wanted to too but they knew that it would sort of betray trust in everyone mm. if if they said something other than thanks awfully. So the entire play, I was basically trying to say this one phrase in a million different ways to express a million different ideas. Because mm. I was trying to basically... It's like the, um, the, the character in Guardians of the Galaxy who can only say his name. Right. Or he um, can say, I am Groot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he has to do it in different ways. Or and a better like, example, Pikachu. Or Pikachu, yeah, yeah. Pikachu's a great example. My my kids do this impression of sad Pikachu that will, like, peel your skin off, make you so sad. It's so cute. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the thing. This is a, this is a, a pretty common idea, this sort of idea of, you know, forced, incorrect language. Mm. And it even, it harkens to, like... The discussion of um, how you can't write in your dreams, like you can't read. Is that true? I don't know. I, I think maybe there's some, like, at least some uh, some truth to it. If you're listening to this and you know for sure one way or the other, please let us know. There's no real way to know. <laughs> you know like, it's impossible. So, you know, speculate oh, all of the, I mean, the way that you remember... It doesn't work that way, right? Cause yeah, you, you would remember that you saw what it was said. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure there's a reason why the, that's a thing that's believed, and I'm sure that it's rooted in something that's, like, you know, really observed. I'm but pretty I sure it's rooted in that one episode of Batman the Animated Series. I think it came from before that. No, it definitely came from the Animated Series. <laughs> yeah. I so, had a dream that it came from Batman, so it must have. Okay. Well, you weren't reading in the dream. <laughs> Yeah, so the, the the idea is is that like I, I think that there's this 
it's a running trend in stories to to have like um, the inability to say what you want mm. or or to to um, communicate with language um, in the way that you would want to right and being forced to say things that aren't what you're trying to communicate is actually really scary. Yeah. Um, and if you if you are able to sort of take that idea and run with it, you can make it a much more interesting story and a much a much scarier story than mm. I'm trying to fuck a toaster. Or whatever it is. <laughs> oh, there or goes our rating. <laughs> yeah, or like I'm I'm trying to eat a power cord or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like it. That that's weak to me. That's like that's uh, amateur hour boring shit. But like the, the, the story is great. We're talking about the next level of story. What yeah, you would do from the future? Well, just like that part could be completely omitted, mm-hmm. and it would be a much more interesting story. So I feel like the tone at the at the time that this website was at the at the point where this was, uh-huh. you had to have a monster. In order for it to be, you know, upvoted and stay on the yeah, site. But this, so the competition there was to always have the horror aspect of it. I know, but this is a... It could be very scary. It could be very, 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 very scary without the, the death and destruction. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if you want the death and destruction, you can use this for death and destruction. Imagine if, if like, you know, a surgeon is subject to this. Hmm. A surgeon doesn't work alone. Mm. And particularly if it creeps up and like <laughs> toaster snuck up on the guy. Yeah. And so the person starts like speaking in the incorrect first persons and third persons and stuff mm. while trying to get assistance from, you know, the, the nurses on staff and the, the student teachers. Mm. Well, one of the things that its effects don't work if you don't know it or if you're not thinking about it, even if you don't know that you're thinking about it, you have to be describing it. Mm-hmm. So there's the the one guy who they ask, hey, what do you think's behind that door? And the guy says, oh, I'm probably some kind of monster. Yeah. Not realizing that he referred to himself as whatever monster might potentially be back there. Yeah. But then there's the other test with the guy who couldn't see it, but he was right next to it. He didn't get affected. Well, imagine imagine if imagine if a surgeon is operating on someone who they know swallowed a piece of this thing oh. uh, you know in the the sort of francis dollarhide sense like maybe maybe they went bonkers and they thought that eating the thing would make would, them would the help thing. or whatever yeah. um i mean because if you're speaking in first person about something that isn't you yeah. like i could see i could see the mania t- overtaking you and you absolutely. wanting to eat it absolutely i mean well the in there you have the one guy who tried to do something to it and so the the person eats it and a surgeon has to get the part out and amidst the process the surgeon is like you know I, I'm stuck in the stomach here you have yeah to you have to help me remove me what doctor you have to help me remove me it's stuck I can't get leverage on yeah and so on, you, on me I can't get leverage on me yeah that yeah. would be that would be panic inducing yeah I guess it would be like it would be a real challenge to write that scene which is kind of funny but like really add the stress. Yeah. So that like you're laughing at first and then you're like, oh, no, wait, this is actually really terrible. Yeah, Um, because ultimately, ultimately, this is a story about helplessness and that can be really terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that I think that that's sort of where it could have gone really strong. Um, It could have been a really terrifying story. So one of the comments I'm reading here 
from somebody talking about it. Somebody says, oh, it's a very polite article. And someone says, yeah, uh, Kitty Kawaii said, you know, 10 years ago, 18 years ago, no, 10 years ago. I'm good at math, really. Um, yeah, one of the things I think is creepy about this SCP is that the article is written in such a way that I almost feel like I'm genuinely being affected by it. The friendliness of the tone makes me almost want to empathize with it. I feel like I know this toaster and think, oh, maybe it wouldn't be so bad to hang out with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Which is funny to me because, like, the politeness boils down to, hello, I am a toaster. Yeah. Like, it's such a, like, I mean, this is a very short piece, so you have to be very sparing. But that hello changes the tone there so dramatically that you're not prepared for anything that follows. Yeah. So, like, if you got that, and you have the the friendliness there with just the one word, and then it follows up with a report of a doctor who, you know, couldn't remove a a screw. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, or something like that, like a really high stress, you know, very, or or some other instance where someone is robbed of their ability to communicate because of the toaster. Yeah. Then it becomes, then that hello feels more maniacal than just cute. Yeah. Yeah. Playing with, playing with the expectations of language is, um, is a really, really powerful tool. It works really well. I mean, just like, um, if you're, if you're used to, like, if you, if you call your parents like mom and dad. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever yeah and you start calling them mother right that immediately causes a reaction uh and it's it's a visceral reaction well, because I mean, it breaks expectations any horror movie you see where the kid precociously says oh mother and you like go oh that kid's oh, evil that kid's evil look at that yeah right there yeah i i think that that's there's there's a lot of potential to it i agree so if you're listening to this and you are able to get in contact with us and you know of other SCPs that work with the forced language that have built off of this structure, I'd really like to hear about them. I can't possibly know all 4,000-some articles, but I'm interested in, in if you know of others that cover this kind of ground. Maybe we'll cover it in the future. Yeah. So real briefly, just because it might be topical, I don't know, the, the website is having a contest. They are opening up the next thousand slots for people to post SCPs on. And the honor of having 4,000, the unique, you know, first of the, se- of the new series, will be awarded to whomever the site votes as the best story. And the story is, or the, the theme for this contest is history. That's pretty much all they've given us, history. If you were going to write something for the site and you wanted to make an object or whatever, an anomalous thing that felt filled that theme, how would you go about it? What would you what would you do? What's your pitch? My pitch? Yes. Or a pitch, let's say. Let's say if you were gonna do it, you would keep one to yourself, but what one would you share? Okay. I put her on the spot. I really did. It's okay. Well, okay, so I would do something that the world universally knew was destroyed. Like the first thing that comes to head into my mind is like a library of Alexandria type thing. Right. But like, I don't know. I think that that's a little too hard to verify. So I guess you could take that as its own, you know, here's a structure for you to play with. Take a thing that we all know was destroyed, then find a way to make it not have been destroyed in an anomalous way. And how that ripple could affect the world if the knowledge of it not having been destroyed got out. Well, or, or okay, so, like, um, James Dean's car. Okay. Uh, the... <laughs> Man, I wonder if that's already one. <laughs> go on, go on. Okay, yeah, look it up. I will. 
Yeah, so like James Dean's car, he died in a car crash, um, probably so, sort of self-inflicted mm. um, or nominally so. Um, and like, but what if it wasn't? He was known to have, um, he, the, the, he had a Porsche that went missing. Mm, a 550 Spider, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of potential around that. Like, you know, what if everything that we knew about this historical event that was, that had ripples through, through the world, the entertainment world, mm. uh, what if it just wasn't true? Mm. Um, and not in like a, you know, Elvis didn't die sort of way, like not a conspiracy theory, but what if just like all of a sudden that was different? Um, how's the world going to catch up to that? Because like, I'm not, I wouldn't say like James Dean is alive or anything like that, mm -hmm. but I would say that it casts doubt on something that is so widely known. Right. So now the foundation has to scramble to keep it suppressed. Yeah. And they don't even know what needs to be covered up because it's not like James Dean is not in his grave. He's still there. He's right. still dead. Right. But this car that everyone knew was demolished or everyone knew it was gone. It just isn't. Yeah. And like the cat is nominally out of the bag as soon as anyone finds out about it. Who right. knows that history? So what do you do in that case? Like if you're, if you're the weird conspiracy and you're trying to contain this thing, like, right. And like, where do you even begin to watch the butterfly effect of that? Yeah. Where, how do you chase the butterfly effect? Yeah, where that? do you start with something that's affected the world? And each of those little things, the weirder ones that you can come up with, those are all addendums. Mm -hmm. You know, because we love the, the build of, here's how we keep a thing, here's what the thing is, here's the, how that's way weirder than you thought it was. With each, you know, each addendum is like, digs further into, no, no, that's weirder than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a great opportunity for chasing the butterfly effect after a thing like that. Yeah, so that's a great idea. Go ahead and use it. Maybe not James Dean's car, because it looks like somebody's already working on that. I don't know if they finished it or not. Oh, 2014. No, it looks like they didn't. <laughs> looks like they didn't. So you could literally chase that one, or you could find something else. I wonder, like, if the Foundation found the first atomic bomb whole and intact. Mm. You know, and, like, what does that mean? And what do you do? And by the first, you mean the first that was used? The first one, yeah, I'm sorry, the first one that was dropped. Oh, like the, the little boy. The little boy, sure. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> like, what do you do about that? What does that change? What doesn't that change that you would think would have changed? Yeah. Why are all those people still dead? Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good place to start. We might have some more for those before the contest is up, or I might keep them all for myself and win that slot myself. <laughs> Alright, so I think that's it for tonight. We'll talk to you soon. Alright, good night. SCP-426 was written by Flop and is released under a Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0 license. This podcast and content read within a released Creative Commons Sharealike Attribution 3.0 license. Music is by Abysme, with a Creative Commons attribution license.